Hi, before we start the show, I have a very cool announcement. It's something I'm so excited about and something I'm really, really proud of. I have a brand new audio novella premiering on the Chilling app, written by TJ Lee. It's such a cool story, and this app is really, really neat too. For all of you that love telling me that you fall asleep to the podcast sometimes, that you find our voices very relaxing, and especially those of you who like the story episodes I do, you're really gonna dig this. Shilling is an app that has all kinds of spooky stories read by voice actors, and you can put your own custom sounds over them. They've got like rain sounds and fireplace sounds. It's very cool. And right now you can go listen to the story that I narrated. It's a novella, so it's, I think, about an hour and a half long. So please go check it out. You can get Chilling on both the Google Play Store and the Apple Store, or go to chilling.app.link slash deadmeat. One more time, that's chilling.app.link slash deadmeat to check out Chilling for my story and all the other really cool ones they've got on there. All right, thanks, you guys. On to the show. What do you think? I think we're dead meat. Real dead meat. You're dead meat! Go ahead and laugh, you guys. If I have a final little glasses of business, you're dead meat. Welcome to the Dead Meat Podcast, your horror safe haven. I'm Chelsea. And I'm James, and we're married, and we like to get scared together. Yes, welcome back. Uh, we're wearing shoes this week, and it feels weird, because normally we just record in our socks yeah but we changed the set and now you can see our feet and we had a lot of perverts last week even though we had socks on i, I specifically wore socks for that I reason i specifically wore socks also but no you know what people still were getting freaky in the comments about our <laughs> socked feet so now we're wearing shoes and it's throwing me off a little bit you ever you ever wonder if having a foot fetish and i'm not uh, judging it at all but you ever wonder if it's a blessing or a burden because of how like easily accessible photos of feet are or just like seeing feet like is that is that awesome or does that suck oh yeah i think it might kind of suck think it might kind of suck yeah let us know yeah there's apparently some of you out there <laughs> let us know is it weird or is it cool <laughs> it is pretty cool <laughs> there's a different fetish involved in i don't even know if it's a fetish kind of eating people yeah it's a fetish and a crime yeah, that's a crime, brother. <laughs> that's a crime. <laughs> yeah, this week we're talking about Fresh. And I, I'm so excited to talk about this movie because we, we saw it. When did we watch this? Like a few weeks ago? Yeah, like a month ago, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, it came out. It's uh, on Hulu if you're in the U.S. I think it's I think it's on Disney Plus through Stars. In Is other, it really? I, I think it's like Stars through Disney Plus or some other shit through international. I <laughs> love the idea of that I'm being... Of that being on Disney Plus, yeah. Because if someone's on Disney Plus looking for, oh, I really liked that uh, Captain America thing and Sebastian Stan. Oh, Sebastian Stan. Oh, what's this other movie? <laughs> <laughs> I love that idea very much. Yeah, Fresh is a. If you haven't seen it yet, it's it's a cannibal movie. Yeah, which is all I knew going in, and I still. That's all I knew too. And it was still full of surprises. Yes, I. It was. It was cool, kind of already knowing the conceit. It would have been fun not knowing anything. Sure. But it was nice knowing that even though I knew, all right, this is definitely a cannibal horror movie. There was still plenty going on that I was shocked by. 
And I just watching it again because we rewatched it ahead of this podcast. Just the the thing that I want to say is just, it's so confidently made. Yeah, for sure. I'm changing. I just realized I forgot to change the creature lamp to purple. Oh, it's all boring and yeah. There we go. Now it, it feels like a podcast. There we go. I was like something else is off besides the shoes. Is the lamp? <laughs> no, the shoes are on. Okay. <laughs> yeah, fresh is the directorial debut of a woman named Mimi Cave. Directorial debut, so I don't know anything else about her. But it's pretty crazy. This is a directorial debut because yeah, you're right. It's very proficient. Like it's just it doesn't feel like a first time director no. at all, and it's really impressive. It's um, it's really slick. Like if you want a fun movie to watch, even though the subject matter is kind of heavy. I think it's a fun movie to watch because of the way it's made and because of the performances. I think it's a lot of fun too. It's fun in the way I think American Psycho is fun. Yes. Where <laughs> it's very dark and it finds humor in how fucked up it is. It almost laughs at itself a little bit. It, it lets itself revel in how fucked up it is. And I really like that. Rewatching it, we noted, especially because you're about to record the American Psycho Kill Count, which we're all really excited about, uh, the similarities between these two movies and how it approaches the antagonist, Sebastian Stan, in this case, playing um, Stephen, Brendan, whatever his yeah. name is that he's Steve. going by. Steve, yeah. Compared to like Christian Bale. And, and they're both like these outwardly gorgeous men mm -hmm. who can be very charming but I love how both movies are actually like, no, these guys are fucking lame. Yeah, that's, I think that's something. And I almost want to put that into the American Psycho script now that we're talking about it. But I think people maybe who haven't seen American Psycho in a while or like are familiar with it but haven't seen it have this weird, maybe kind of fake memory of Patrick Bateman being cool. <laughs> yeah. And likable and everyone around him like thinks he's this hot alpha guy. No, he's lame. Like he's such are, a fucking Everyone's dweeb. uncomfortable around him. He doesn't have friends. He he When talks... people think that he's someone else, they talk shit about him to him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. He gets talked shit. Like everyone just dumps on Patrick that whole movie to his face. And it's very <laughs> funny. And you get a little bit of that with this guy too where he is extremely I think I think Steve is more likable. Much more. And that's part of the way he lures people in. Granted Patrick it's charm, but also he's able to literally pay people to spend time with him. Mm -hmm. uh, this is more just straight up. He is so charismatic that he can lure women in to his his lair, literally his fucking dungeon. <laughs> yeah, they're not the same character at all, but there's similarities. And like you said, yeah, Steve is much more functional for one thing and actually charismatic, likable, uh, especially when he turns the charm on. But... You know, when he's dancing around packing the meat, he looks Very, like a fucking dork. Yeah. When he gets the dress for her at the end and it's hideous. It's an awful dress. We'll you, talk about it. You see that he is not this super stylish guy, even though he lives in like a cool modern place. Even just the way he talks about near the end when she's asking him, you know, when did you start eating people? The way he talks about it is just so like, ugh. it's like when someone <laughs> talks about I don't know. Like, there's ways people discuss music or movies, and I've done this too, where they tell it's like you just are rolling your eyes the whole time. Like, wow, it was transcendent, and it truly like talking about Huey Lewis or Genesis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like <laughs> he talked. Yeah, it, it is such. It, it 
they are reminiscent of each other. Him talking about eating people and what that means to him and him imbuing so much meaning into the act of he- of eating a person where it's like, dude, fuck off. Yeah. It's can't just say you're a cannibal. Like you you know, <laughs> just you don't dress it up and be like, Oh, it's all about surrender and giving and it's true. It's like, no, finally shut the fuck up. I don't know. It, it, there are a lot of similarities, yeah. Another reason the movie is so fun is because of how slick it is. Uh, looks incredible. Yes. And, you know, I don't want to take away from Ms. Cave, but she does have at least a lot of help with the cinematographer, Pavel Pogorzelski, who is Ari Aster's cinematographer. He shot Hereditary and Midsummer mm-hmm. because the, the title card and opening credits happen 33 minutes into this movie, which oh, is also just it's fucking amazing. So cool. That's so <laughs> gutsy you've got to have you got to be pretty brazen exactly you have to be very confident in the pacing of your story to drop that title card then and it hits so well it's so funny and i don't know i just i got so excited for the rest of the movie because you just know some shit's gonna go down but we had already watched 33 minutes of this movie and we were like this movie looks so good and during the opening credits i saw director of photography i was like I know that name. Oh shit, it's Ari Aster's guy. Well, so you, the whole thing yeah. looks amazing. I mean, you say you know not to take away from Mimi Cave, but I mm-hmm. think I think pointing out that the the DP is already such a strong like he he has such a specific style and vision for what those movies he makes look like, mm-hmm. and I think that that actually speaks to a director's strength when you're working with a DP where they are so visually distinct and it's stylized. That all kind of has to hang on performances that can carry that. If you're directing a movie that is very obviously stylish like this, where it's visually like things stand out, you know, the shots aren't meant to. You're you're thinking about the shots as you watch the movie. Often that can compete with performances. Do you know what I mean? If if something is so visually weird that you're kind of thinking about that and the performances maybe almost fade mm-hmm. into the background, but here it feels like they really complement each other and that is the sign of a director who understands exactly what the DP is doing and how to get actors to give a performance that it's 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 like the idea of a dress wearing someone versus you wearing the dress. In this movie, they're wearing the dress. The mm-hmm. dress isn't wearing them so yeah you're speaking about her from a performance standpoint because directors you know it's almost 50 50 performance and and the look of the film right and actually but to also compliment her from the visual aspect the movie looks amazing as do of course hereditary and midsummer but i don't feel like the style of this film is Is in the same style yeah so i think that is her knowing what she wants and him being able to execute it. Right. Just like he was able to execute Ari Aster's vision in his films. Right. So, yeah, I, I like what you said about the performance, coming at it from that angle, and then also from the visual element. Yeah. Uh, she's obviously very talented, and I'm excited to see what she does next. That's what's so cool about movies where people in all different departments have a voice and a reputation. It really just feels like when you mix and match people, you get such different weird combinations and stuff. Like this DP, he can work with one director, and it's a totally different vibe than someone else. But similarly, you think of Ari Aster's movies and those are really strong performances that have to carry the visual weight of those movies. And that's kind of happening here too. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, Also the soundtrack. 
fucking oh, great. Oh god, I could talk about this soundtrack forever. Like as soon as they're dancing to a Blood Orange song at one point and I lost my mind. I fucking love that album. There's a string quartet cover of Radiohead's Exit Music for a Film or whatever that song is called. It's just played in the background very mm-hmm. lightly and I clocked it right away. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, Paul's we get, listening to Danny Brown in the car. We get a Lou Reed cover. Lou Reed, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. It's, it's just good so soundtrack. fucking good. Yeah. And it just adds to the the fun watching of it. It's just so fun. And here's the, here's the last thing I'll say before we like get into it on a beat by beat thing. This thing is about two hours long. It's just shy of two hours. And you know us, we like our movies to Thanks. hover around sure. ninety minutes. Yeah. But like this one has so much going on that it doesn't feel long or like there should be things cut. There's always something new happening in the story. There's always a turn being taken with the characters and it never feels like it's treading water and overstaying its welcome. Like, yeah, it, it's tight script. Tight like, script. Really, really tight script. Really good acts to it. That, that first act, which is kind of a rom-com, setting mm-hmm. up their relationship before things... This movie kind of does the thing, I'm realizing. Mm-hmm. You remember when we reviewed Red Eye and the trailer for Red Eye, <laughs> ha- the first half of that trailer was like a rom-com and then it was like, oh, actually, this is a horror movie. Yeah. And I, we were kind of saying in that episode, oh, how fun would it be to have a movie that is a rom-com and then it's a secret horror movie halfway through? This That's is basically the closest it. I've seen, maybe. Yeah, because if you didn't know what this was going <laughs> yeah. in, you would start it and think that it was a rom-com. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's hints of it being a horror movie, though, at the beginning with her experiences dating and thinking she's being followed home. And there's little sure. things that are not quite right or the atmosphere is like not quite a rom-com. Yeah. Should we just get into it? Let's just get into it. And if you're still watching and haven't uh, watched the movie, uh, go watch it. It's fun. It's I, a fun movie. And it's, you know, like it's it's relevant in a way that I'm not rolling my eyes at. I yeah. don't think there's any extremely deep subtext here. Or it, This isn't it's like... Dating a, is hard. <laughs> yeah. And, and I wouldn't say it's anything where I'm like, oh man, I really have to sit and like think about this movie and it's not that kind of movie but mm-hmm. that's fine i think i don't know if i want this movie to be that no it's, it's <laughs> like it's great fine how it the way is it yeah. is it feels very sincere yeah all right let's let's get started we what's our main character's name noah played by daisy edgar jones who i've seen a lot of reviews rightfully loud sebastian stan's performance yeah. but i don't feel as though she gets enough credit Especially, She's really good in this. Yeah, especially in the final act of the film where her character has to do a lot of different layers of acting and she pulls it off and you can tell watching exactly what's going through her head. I think she's phenomenal. Um, haven't seen her in other stuff. She's pretty young. She's 23, I think, in That's this. so crazy to me. Yeah, yeah, but she was in a miniseries adaptation of Normal People, which is actually a book I read. It's an Irish book. Mm-hmm. And I think... Isn't uh, she Irish? She's English. I don't oh. know if uh, for that miniseries... Those are different, she... very different things. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if uh, for that series if she had to do an accent or what, but yeah. I enjoyed the book enough, so... Yeah. Yeah. My first note is we got distracted briefly because a dog is here. <laughs> there was a dog at our house and we were watching this. <laughs> so I don't have notes for like the first two minutes. She's on a date with Chad, which is you just you need a, an asshole name. You give him Chad. He's a guy who wears a scarf oh, and talks about God. how the women of their parents' generation used to dress up nice and yeah. care about what they look like. They go on like a, it's, <laughs> they meet, they clearly met on like a dating app, yeah. like a, like a, uh, 
Tinder. Yes, is the name Tinder. Of it. We have been together Grindr longer than no. Grinder's the gay one. I know, but oh, I'm okay. just trying to name one. Bumble is one where Bumble. women, I think, have the oh uh, sure the go ahead. Yeah, uh, yeah. We have been together since before dating apps were popular. Yeah, and uh, so we never experienced that. Watching this movie is just a an <laughs> exercise in feeling grateful that I don't have to date online. Cause yeah. goddamn, yeah, they met on an app and they go on a date. Uh, to this Chinese place and they must have had them kind of improv I think but it feels so real where yeah. they're just awkwardly talking about how oh I, I love hot sauce I put it on everything oh yeah like hot sauce is great oh wasabi's pretty good it's just <laughs> Fuck! It's so brutal. Like where you just know you're on a date with someone and there's it, there's no chemistry, but they haven't done anything weird or bad. So you're just like, I gotta just ride this out, you mm -hmm. know? Oh, it's so bad. And that comes in to play later when she's with Sebastian Stan, and there there are a few drinks in, and she's like, I hate this. I hate she's, this. I hate dating and doing all the small talk shit. Like this movie is such a good look at how much dating sucks. I don't know how old. Their characters. Are. I think she is supposed to be maybe late twenties. And I and Seb so the real life ages is she's twenty three and Sebastian Sands thirty nine. I think she's playing older. He's playing maybe a little younger. Maybe a little younger. A little younger. But I think but she's he's a plastic surgeon, so maybe not. You can be a plastic surgeon in your early thirties. Like think? he's pushing forty. I don't think the character is. He's got like grown, not grown ass kids, but he's got like kids running around. Oh, you know, true. I think maybe yeah. he might be. But in any case, I don't think she is meant to be twenty three. I feel like she's more like a twenty. 27 year old yeah definitely because i think they're we're supposed to get a sense of like it's that weird age where as a woman you feel pressured to mm -hmm. be with someone so i think it's a late 20s thing and doesn't she say like she's been alone for a while and is yeah. like used to it i don't feel like someone who's fresh out of college yeah, is exactly. saying that yeah yeah and that's so during this date that's when chad says something about like you know i i just think like women in our parents generation cared more about how they dressed and she's wearing like just very Casual clothes. They're going to like a pretty casual restaurant. She's in like a sweater or a hoodie or something. And he's like, I th just think you'd look nice in a dress. I he says, I just think you would look nice in a dress. And it's <laughs> very uncomfortable. And then he basically snaps at the waitress and he's like, oh, quick, come, 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 come. 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 Oh my, he summons her in like a fucking dog. Insinuates that she doesn't understand his yeah, English because he got his sparkling water. Yeah, because he got his scarf in her, in his noodles. Oh, it's so bad. The look the waitress gives Noah is fucking Very hilarious. Funny. It's just a quick like knowing glance of like brutal comedic <laughs> performance by this woman. Yes. <laughs> oh god. So he they they leave this restaurant and he's like, "Wow, this is great. Uh let's do it again sometime." And she's like, "Yeah, like I'm I'm good." And then he does the classic I was just being polite. You're not even my type anyway. Yeah, stupid, you ugly bitch. You're ugly bitch. I'm out of here. I was just being nice. Good, yeah, he says, good luck. So good luck finding a guy. And then, of course, uh, the very end, the last shot of the movie <laughs> is him her. texting yeah. her, being like, you up? You up? <laughs> it's great, yeah. This is when, uh, this is kind of what I was talking about earlier, where she, she walks back to her car, and it's down a, a dark alleyway and there's a guy in the background and we we think and she thinks that maybe he's following her so it's very tense then when this guy kind of walks into a street like we see that he's carrying a baby and i love how it is the the least threatening thing possible mm -hmm. like he could just smile at her but then you still don't know he has a, man a baby with a baby is a very good strap to his chest for that yeah i was trying to think of what else could you do but a Nothing. man with a baby is like, like walking a dog is still not like 100 percent, yeah. but like a baby a strapped baby, to your yeah. chest you can pretty much trust that guy to yeah. not be assaulting you that this scene is very it's 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 so relatable because that is you know the majority of the time that 
as a, a woman, you're walking around outside and I hate walking around at night by myself. I, I really don't do it. I don't mm-hmm. love it. Um, and it's, you know, 99% of the time, it's going to be a guy with a baby right behind <laughs> you. It's, but like, it, you just live in fear of that, maybe that chance. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's, that's life you know and when she sees the guy she i think audibly calls herself like stupid like oh yeah. so, so stupid of me and she blames herself also later on that i like that yeah i, I didn't put that together but not you pointing it out just kind of made a light bulb go off of of blaming yourself mm-hmm. when you are too careful and yeah. blaming yourself when you're not careful enough there's Ooh, never yeah. an instance where women feel like maybe we've done the right thing. Yeah. Like, and you're like, oh man, I'm an idiot. It was just a guy with a baby. It's stupid. But also, oh man, I trusted this guy and he took me to his cannibal dungeon. <laughs> what idiot. I'm so stupid. I, I think that's really interesting. Yeah. I like the inclusion of that scene a lot. So she talks about her dating woes with her best friend, Molly. Yeah, Molly. Uh, I think the biggest criticism I've seen of this movie, and I kind of have to agree, is that Molly, I think it's put in the uh, black best friend box a little mm-hmm. bit. It's kind of a bummer. Granted, as the movie progresses, we get more of Molly. I was a bit worried she just was gonna be there to be a sounding board and that would have stunk, but. She does take an active role. And so that f- the first time we watched it, like the f- by the third scene with Molly, I was like, oh man, this is how this character is. You know, like it's played well. Uh, she's played well, Jonica T. Gibbs. Uh, I like her a lot, and her her wardrobe in this is outstanding. I was, <laughs> I was envious of every outfit she had on. I wish I could steal all her clothes. But I felt like with the second viewing, I wasn't as um, upset about the character just because I knew that she would play an active role. But I have seen people uh, complain about it, and you know, like it's, it's fair. I yeah, think it's a fair, a fair critique. Yeah. There's a version of this movie I would love where she becomes the main character after the title card drop. Oh, sure, yeah. Where it becomes her movie and she's trying to find her friend and like she is objectively the main character. It's a different movie. She does get a lot to do though. Uh, Every time it cuts back to her, it reminds me of watching Attack of the Clones and Detective Obi-Wan. It really is. Where it's like she's on this investigative sideline and uh, you're really enjoying watching it. Does that make Paul the like... When, Dexter Jetster? Yes. Oh my gosh. Because it's like, yes, he's Dexter Jetster. Holy shit. Absolutely. Because it's like a diner situation. Yeah. I wow. like that. I was going to say he's like the librarian that Obi-Wan talks to. No, that would be the wife, maybe, because the librarian was mean. Oh, and she's like, yeah. if it's not in the archive, then it doesn't exist. But it did exist. Oh, yeah. Ooh. But her husband does. He does exist. <laughs> I like this. I guarantee we're the first people on the planet that have made that parallel. Paul the bartender is Dexter Jetson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, the, so the meet cute between Noah and Steve happens at a grocery store. Yeah, and I love, I wrote that, this was this was rewarding to watch two times, I'm, I'm realizing. I, I found so many little things that I just didn't pick up on the first time. One is the, the first part of the movie before we meet Steve. There's lots of food. They go out to get Chinese food. We have the gross, we get the scarf and the food. It's not like a nice food experience. Same with, she's at home working on, I think she's an artist, she's like a graphic artist. She's working on something on her tablet and laptop. She's eating cheese puffs. She opens her fridge and it's empty. There's all these weird bad food experiences and scenes. And then when we meet Steve in the grocery store, that's when we have our 
switch in terms of how food is presented and how food is like talked about. And that ties into at the end when he's saying like, oh, I bet you've never had anyone cook you anything. Yeah, exactly. And we do see at her home, she doesn't, her exactly. fridge is empty. She's eating cheese puffs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love to a little touch that I think is so good is at the grocery store, the shot of her where she's standing next to the veggies. She the sign for the deli area that says fresh meat on it is hanging right above her. It's yeah. Perfect. It's, <laughs> it's so perfect. So yeah, there's Steve there. It's it's very rom-com. Meet cute. He picks up this bag of grapes and it's like, you ever tried these? They're cotton candy grapes, which I believe are real. I've never tried them before. I've never tried them either. gross. Yeah, I don't know about that. I want my, my fruit. Fruit's already sweet enough. It doesn't need to taste like candy. Yeah. It's the it's nature's candy. I, it's funny. I, I thinking about like, what else could that have been? You know, I wonder if that's kind of an intentional, like it tastes like this, but it, it's actually this is kind of the tastes like chicken, but it's actually people kind of, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the idea of food being something and you realizing what it is. Trickery. Or being t- t- unnaturally sweet. Exactly. Yeah. Just like Steve. Just, yeah, exactly. He's fake. Mm-hmm. Just like the cotton candy flavored grapes. Science. <laughs> As an outsider, I'm like, I, I still think he's so corny. You know, he's charming, but his dialogue here is so corny. It's clear that he is trying to, you know, pick her up, but she she's into it. And I mean, we've seen her we've position. We've seen her options. And we, and we can see what he looks like. So, you yeah. know. And he talks about, he's like, oh, I'm on my way to visit my niece and nephew. And that instantly makes him less threatening and there's something you trust about that kind of like the guy with the baby he Mm -hmm. immediately is talking about his younger family and it's cute and he's on his way to go see them and gets her number it's a reason why i like that we spend so long with him as a good guy you are really put in her shoes and i don't think you're ever thinking she's stupid yeah you are on her side 100 percent. he really he plays the long game with his victims which i think is really interesting yeah and she says after meeting him and talking to molly about him that she was like she i didn't know people still met in person like that so that's mm-hmm. probably another thing that's appealing to her this wasn't an app thing it was like a natural a real yeah mm-hmm. mm-hmm. i think that says a lot about steve that he completely understands what will get women to trust him and also what will appeal to women specifically women around her age who live now you know they yeah. there's something about the idea of meeting someone in person that is so appealing and so much more real and he probably knows just because she's a single woman in her late 20s that she's dated a bunch online and it sucks and he knows how to play exactly to that vulnerability yeah yeah so they get drinks at a place where there's bartender paul bartender paul yeah and uh i feel like uh noah has a familiarity with him they're not friends but she's probably gone to this bar before like oh hey i i know that guy and he like used to apparently hook up with molly we find out later so she might know him through there but uh yeah we immediately clocked that he ferrets out that she doesn't have any family. Yeah, it's because, yep, he, he asks, and she's like, yeah, I, I think, what, her parents are both dead? Or uh, her mom? The dad lives somewhere else and the mom died, she, something like that. She doesn't that. have any close family. Yeah, but mm. as soon as you know that, it's like, uh As soon as she said that, we both went, uh-oh. <laughs> he says he works in reconstructive surgery, and he doesn't use social media. Mm-hmm, which Molly rightfully calls out later as a red flag. <laughs> Molly calls that out as a red flag, which is correct, and also... She's like, I bet he's married, which is correct. Yeah. Steve is unfortunately married. 
on top of unfortunately also being a cannibal <laughs> who sells women's meat. <laughs> the the conversation about how they she hates dating is done in a really cool thing with mirrors that had me confused for a solid There's a weird <laughs> shot that took me a minute to figure out what, because the perspective is so weird, but it's because one of them is in front of a mirror. And well, they're, they're sitting against a mirror wall yeah. and it's shot like one of them head on, the other through their reflection. Right. And I don't know if that's just uh, having fun with that location or, you know, the whole like, it's not what you, it's not yeah. what it appears to be type situation, but. Right. When they go back to uh, her apartment, we've got another, kind of like what I was saying earlier, I think he knows exactly how to make a woman desire him and feel safe. He also says, is this too fast? Yeah, he and stops. He stops. And so it's another thing where he knows that that's going to make her feel a lot and more And she's the one who prompts that they actually yeah. sleep together. Mm -hmm. uh, where it's, <laughs> what she's like, can I get you anything to eat? Or yeah, something? something to drink or eat. And he says, just you. Yep. And they start making out. He also says he's, he doesn't eat animals. No, he doesn't say he's a vegetarian. You're right. He says, I, I don't, don't eat, eat animals. animals. Yeah. Which is very funny mm -hmm. uh, in retrospect. Uh, that's when he asks, hey, have you told anyone about me? Yep. Clocking like what she, and how much has gotten out about him. So that's when she mentions her friend Molly, who I don't think she had mentioned at all before. Uh, this is the first time I bet he was surprised to learn. Oh, she's got like a best friend. He's like, tell me about Molly. Yeah. And I think maybe he's kind of calculating, okay, how do I deal with the best friend? If I'm going to be texting her friend with her phone, how do I, you know, how close of friends are they? What's their relationship kind of made? You know, how can I best imitate her on the phone kind of shit? I, I love that because he doesn't use social media, Molly earlier on when she asks about that, she's like, oh, what's his Instagram? I want to stalk him and see what he looks like. Because he doesn't, uh, Noah takes a quick little picture of him in the morning when he's sleeping. Not a clear picture mm -hmm. of his face, but it's to send to Molly. But it's like, he wouldn't have allowed that picture to take place if he were awake. But that picture really drives Molly's investigative plot. It's like a, a piece of evidence to go off of. But I love that it's like, oh, what's his social media? He doesn't have one. And then it's like, okay, well, here's what he looks like. Here's this, yeah, creeper picture. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I guess he's cute. Like, I he's get you're all, she says, she's digmatized. <laughs> I love, she's just right again because Steve wants, she, he has a surprise. He's going to take her away for the weekend. They're going to mm -hmm. go somewhere. It's a secret. And it's going to be fun and romantic. And yeah, Molly's rightfully saying, I don't like this. And they, where is he taking her? Uh, uh, God, it's Cottage Grove. Cottage Grove. Which I looked up. I don't know if it's what they're referring to. There's a few cottage groves in the I, U.S. There's one in Oregon. Generic sounding. So I don't know if there's a specific. I'm not specific... sure what city this is supposed to be. That's in. the thing is, yeah, you don't get a lot of detail. Like you never find out their ages exactly. Uh, I just imagined it was L.A. Because when they went out to dinner, she was like, "I'm from the East Coast originally," and it would be a weird oh, thing she to does say, say that. that. Yeah, okay. it'd be weird to say that if you were currently. Well, then it could be Oregon. Could be Oregon also. Yeah. But I just imagine them driving to like Big Bear or something. It's yeah, that's what be, it feels like. One yeah. of those getaways. For all of our LA friends. Then, yeah, so in the car when they're they're driving, he's like, actually, let's, let's stop at my place first and we'll head out because traffic, whatever, some excuse about traffic. Oh, and maybe it is LA. That's when he, maybe it is LA, yeah, for sure. That's when he's like, we're going to Cottage Grove, I'm sorry. She tries texting Molly to tell her and 
the text doesn't go through because there's bad service. Mm -hmm. And he says, yeah, service is pretty bad out here, but we'll have some when we get to my place and you can text her then. There's there's no Wi-Fi there. Well, she asks about the Wi-Fi and he's just like, oh, must be out. Must be out again. And just like moves moves on. on. And she even clocks that as like a... Hmm. Yeah. Her face changes after that. Yeah. His house, by the way, when they get, I love this house. It's such a cool house. Where is this house? It's it's so beautiful. Like, I, I wonder how much of it was a set and how much is actually this house. Well, obviously the, the holding rooms, like yeah, those, those have are going to be, be sets. sets. But the, the house itself, like the, the kitchen and living area, that, that looks, looks like a house. The staircase looks like a real it's, thing. It's a cooler version, at least the... Mm, Maybe it's not an accurate thing. Uh, I'm I'm kind of reminded of the Invisible Man house. I was about to say the okay. same thing. But it's like, it, it's a more... This is a less cold version yes. of that house. I'm trying to think of how to describe it. It's so pretty. The living I... area is sunken. It's like yeah, we got a conversation pit. Yeah. I, I normally don't like modern style houses, but this is the kind where I think it is like a late 60s maybe build. It's so house and it just it works so perfectly for this character especially when you contrast it with his other house <laughs> what a twist it's very suburban yes yeah, it's very like uh not mcmodern it's it's very um just kind of cookie cutter like new build type house mm-hmm. that is just very generic and if i was his uh wife i'd be bummed out i had to live <laughs> in that house but I guess his, the house that he takes uh, all of his girlfriends to, not great for kids to run around in. There's a lot of edges and the stairway, there's no railing on it. Oh, Just, yeah. <laughs> and also all the women chained up inside. <laughs> you don't want your kids running around in there. He makes her drink and he asks her, you know, oh, I, I made this like my own little special recipe. You know, taste it like what, you know, I want to know what flavors you can taste in it. And so she takes a sip and she's like, nectar. He's like, oh, close. I think it's nectar. I don't know. She guesses a bunch of different fruits and he basically is like, no, try again, getting her to drink more and more so she can guess. And then she starts feeling woozy. <laughs> <laughs> I love how the, the shots of both of them get weird looking especially him as well no it's not uh, because the shot of her is an objective shot from the side oh so that doesn't get messed up and then the shot of him is head-on pov from her yeah and it gets the chromatic aberration i I wrote chromatic aberration (laughs) in my notes it's that which is what um when you get like the rainbow kind of on the edges and it's Mm -hmm. all kind of like like fuzzy a little bit it's that chromatic aberration. And the sound gets all distorted. Yes, they put that, that uh, they ran that through an equalizer and made it sound like he's in a bathtub or something. <laughs> it's or like your head's underwater or something, which I've only fainted once in my life, and that is what it sounds like. It's bad. Yeah, she faints, and that's when we get the title card and opening credits. Yeah, because he, she, she, he can see that she's getting woozy, and he's like, why are you sitting so far away? Why don't you come over here? And she stands up and just wipes out on the floor. Oh, man. So Roll fucking good. Card. Also, uh, I just wanted to say that her line uh, after she sees his house is really funny to me that uh, she says, I'm pancakes out of a bag and your fancy cocktails. I'm pancakes out of a bag. Yeah. And um, that is as good a time of any to also just mention that it was written by Lauren Kahn, who mm-hmm. I also don't know anything that she's done. It looked like she did one movie ahead of this that had uh, Gillian Jacobs and... Uh, some other very funny people. Vanessa Bednar, what's her name? Is it Vanessa Bayer? Yeah, I think she was maybe in it. But anyway, 
I just feel like I've seen a lot of horror movies lately that are written and directed by women, and I just think that's cool that, like, that wasn't as common 10 years ago. Yeah. And now I just feel like, and, and when we were talking about this, you were like, yeah, and they keep making really awesome ones, and that's true. They also keep making some bad ones that I've been watching, which is great. Yeah. We've always said, like, it, it, it sucks that when uh, someone who doesn't, traditionally make movies makes movies they become like this standard bearer for like and if it's bad people are like well that's why women can't make movies it's great to have women be able to make awesome movies and bad movies i've always believed i think <laughs> since i've been in film school i had this realization that true equality in the arts and movies is reached when you know for example women can make as many shitty movies as they possibly can and aren't then kept out of the industry because of that. Yeah. Oh, we've gotten some really great films from women and, you know, they're kind of few and far between, but like, wow, we've gotten some really good ones. Like, yes, that is great. But when we start getting women who just churn out garbage <laughs> and still keep getting employed, that's when I feel like we've really made progress. <laughs> It's a very exciting thing. Which is not the case with this movie. No, not at all. Very, very good filmmaking on this part. Uh, yes, when she wakes up, she is chained inside a room and he is looking like Ad-Rock in the body moving <laughs> the body music video from yeah. Fatboy Slim uh -huh. uh, or Fatboy Slim remakes uh, from Beastie Boys. Mm -hmm. He looks just like Ad-Rock in that video. Whoever's editing this, probably Josh, please put a side by side. Josh will, Josh will know. <laughs> this is a fucking nightmare, by the way. This whole yeah. scene, she wakes up and it's, I'm just... She she plays this so well because you can really see her go through the cycle of where am I? Oh my god, I'm chained to the floor. This can't be happening. Is this a joke? Mm -hmm. Like, is this a weird sex thing? Wait a minute, this is like for real. He doesn't look like this is a joke. Oh my god, holy fuck! I'm saying like her, the evolution of her. You can really see the wheels turning, and mm -hmm. it's so cool. Yeah, she's so good. In she's this. really good in this movie. And it's, um, this scene is really scary. Just her realizing what's going on and him just straight up saying, I'm going to sell your meat. There are people who pay me a lot of money for it, for your, your meat, your hair, all that weird shit. Mm -hmm. He's and gonna keep her alive as long as possible. Yes, so the meat is fresh. So that's the scariest thing is it's not just, I'm gonna kill you and sell your meat. It's I'm going to be harvesting meat off of you and I'm keeping you alive. It's so fucking scary. But if you behave, then maybe it won't be as bad. And it's, ugh, it's so, uh, you know, she has a moment where she kind of isn't looking at him because I think she's just trying to like keep it fucking together. And it's the first time he ever yells at her and it's so scary. Yeah, uh, we- she I wrote my notes. Why is he so hot? Sad face. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, want to talk to you about our first sponsor this week, Keeps. So there's a character in Fresh played by William Bellow. He's the driver that we see very briefly, and this guy has hair down to his butt. If you recognize him, he actually was in Blood Quantum as Shooker. But yeah, he's got a head of gorgeous long hair, and I don't know, maybe you would also like to grow your hair down to your butt someday. But you suspect that you're maybe already starting to lose your hair. Actually, two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they're 30 
35. There are only two FDA-approved medications that can prevent hair loss, and Keeps offers both. Keeps offers a simple, stress-free way to keep your hair. You can do virtual doctor consultations with them and get medications delivered right to your door every three months. You don't even have to leave your home. Treatments start at just $10 a month, and Keeps offers generic versions too, so it's all really low cost. Discreet packaging if you want, and proven results Keeps actually has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. And again, this is hair loss prevention. Treatments can actually take four to six months for results, so act fast. If you would like to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash deadmeat to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's keeps.com slash deadmeat to get your first month free. One more time, keeps.com slash dead meat. Our next sponsor this week is Dadgrass. Look, getting too high is no fun. It can be really scary. I hate it. It's never a good time. And maybe you've been curious about trying weed for its medicinal benefits, but are nervous about it being too strong. So much weed is nowadays. However, mellower vibes are a drop or a toke away with Dadgrass. Dadgrass is legal, organic, smokable hemp that relaxes your body and mellows your mind. They're 100% organic organic pre-rolled joints are very low in THC and high in CBD, so you get all the good benefits of CBD while keeping a clear head. They also now have CBD tincture. They were kind enough to send me some. I used it before bed the other night. It was really, really nice and smooth. Sometimes the tinctures taste weird, but Dadgrass's tincture is really nice tasting. All Dadgrass products are federally legal for ages 18 and over, and it ships right to your door anywhere in the U.S. So right now, Dadgrass is offering our listeners 20% off your first order when you go to dadgrass.com slash deadmeat. Go to dadgrass.com slash deadmeat for 20% off your first order. One more time, that's dadgrass.com slash deadmeat. Our last sponsor this week is FitBod. So I love working from home. Doing what we do is great. I never have to leave the house and I get to be very comfortable all day. But one of the problems that comes with is I can be pretty sedentary. And especially as I'm, you know, I'm still pretty young, but I try to think about the future. I want to make sure that I'm staying active so I don't look back and get angry at my past self for just kind of sitting around all day. I found that to stay active I really need some kind of tracking system to keep me motivated so I can look back and see how much I've done, maybe how much more I should be doing each week to keep up with my goals. FitBod's a program that has an easy-to-use mobile app that gives you access to a personalized routine so you can start making progress on your goals wherever you are. You basically have 24-7 access to a personal trainer. I think a tracking program like this is the best way to make small daily changes, which is the best way to form long-term habits. And because you're gonna change as you use FitBod, FitBod's algorithm changes according to you. It adjusts for you and it updates your fitness plan as you go. Personalized training like this can often be really expensive, but FitBod is only $12.99 a month or $79.99 a year. However, if you want to try out FitBod now, you can get 25% off your subscription or try out the app for free when you sign up now at fitbod.me slash deadmeat. One more time, that is 25% off your subscription at fitbot.me slash deadmeat. 
when she is left alone, she meets through the walls another woman being held there named Penny, Penny. who does a lot of voice acting in this uh, but in the movie, but does eventually become a character. Spoiler: Penny is uh, in mostly good spirits, even though she says yes, she is being eaten. Mm-hmm. Later, she says that uh, Noah says that she feels dumb for having slept with him. And Penny reveals that he did not sleep with her mm-hmm. or to the best of her knowledge, the like other women Penny, in there. Yeah. And so that, I think that's the first indication that, oh, maybe he did like Noah mm-hmm. and that there was something special about her to him that she maybe isn't just another person that he's doing this to because clearly he's done this a lot. Yeah. And uh, the third woman being held there named Melissa is too far gone mentally to converse with the other yeah, ladies. Yeah, we just hear her singing. And uh, it is her meat who we see him packaging and dancing to because he includes a little picture of yeah, each woman. It it's real gross. Yeah, a thing to do where he has the little photo of them that he looks at while he's like tenderizing the meat and stuff. To the beat. Beat the meat to the beat. Like, yep. it's so funny, but it's so sick, and it's a com- like that, that's it's the that tone. Dark comedy, that's the yeah. tone that I just like when it when it's done well, it's the best. Mm-hmm. Oh, I it's love it's it. a great montage. Him uh, packing up that meat. It's it's so goddamn good. Yeah, there's some playing around with uh, just bodily autonomy, I guess, and and uh, wholeness because Molly's at work and what a coworker's walking by with a mannequin. A mannequin. I think I think Molly works in like fashion. Um, I don't know if she designs stuff or what or works for like a fashion magazine. It's not really made clear. It's fine. It doesn't need to be. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's a there's a woman carrying a mannequin with no head. There's like a fashion drawing on Molly's desk where someone's head's kind of scribbled out. So it's just yeah, it's all these weird kind of visual jokes and like nods to just... and and audio because like she's listening to a song that says something about a piece of me uh-huh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh i love that the text that noah tried to send finally goes through to molly saying like we're gonna go to cottage grove and then molly starts getting texts that we know are from uh steve mm-hmm. pretending to be noah but and this is something I don't think you noticed the first time that we watched the movie. I didn't. I don't know how I missed it. Yeah. The the first scene of this movie, before she, Noah goes into the date with Chad, she is talking to Molly. Yeah. And they say, I love you. I love you more. Love you more. And then I think we see them we see text it, it we to see each them, other. Yeah. They te- we see it a few times. I love you, love you more. That's how they always end their conversations. Yeah. So. Which I love that it was done in a natural way like this. And then when Molly texts, I love you, she just gets a heart back. And that's immediately like, wait a minute. And then she takes an image that was sent to her uh, purporting to be at Cottage Grove and puts it into Google image search oh, and sees that it just Steve. came from a fucking website. Sloppy work, Steve. Sloppy work, Steve. And awesome really work, sloppy. Molly. Love it. This, this is, this is me, what I'm like, yeah, Molly. <laughs> this makes me wonder how he hasn't been caught. <laughs> I wonder if it's truly just he got lucky in terms of all the other women he kidnapped really didn't have anyone who... Penny says that she is also alone and doesn't have, like, family or friends yeah. when Noah's like, someone has to be looking for you if you've been here. Yeah. So, yeah, he might have just... Uh, it, it's the power of loving friendship that takes him down yeah. between Noah and Molly. But I'm just like, man, like, like go go in your backyard and take a picture of a tree or something. <laughs> and it's something you can reverse Google. Sloppy. 
Yeah, we, uh, he's packing up all these boxes, by the way, of all this meat for this cannibal society. There's all these symbols all over the boxes that have, it's like a goat. And I think he has like a watch or something with the- He has no. like a figurine or like a statue in his uh, yeah. house that's like this goat. I it guess might, it's- It satanic. might be one of the clients that had a watch with the goat Oh, that it. makes sense. Yeah, we, we get little everywhere. glimpses of the clients um, on occasion, just in little montages. We never are actually with them, but we get like glimpses when when he feeds Noah some meat. It, it's like glimpses of them also eating as though she's being connected to them that way. I love that one of the clients is a guy with like, what's the- Oh, like an oxygen? Like yeah. The, the, yeah, he's got like tubes in his It's like an and... old guy who looks like he's on his deathbed. Made me think of Squid Game. And yeah, how some sure. of like the most powerful evil people are like these old people who like they don't even have a life ahead of them, but they're just so Why old and powerful and rich yeah. that they're just doing whatever they want and can. Yeah, and it's also just the idea of when you're that old and that rich, like you can have anything and nothing stimulates you anymore. So that's when you're drawn to like it is truly the stuff that no one else can have is the really fucked up shit that you yeah. can pay a ton of money for. Uh Noah asks for a shower. And he asks her to smile for him in return. Her smile that she gives—it's truly so Joker unsettling. shit. It's like Joaquin Phoenix doing the like <laughs> the Joker <laughs> smile in front of the mirror, like same vibes. He for like, sure. and, and then he laughs at it, and it's just—it's a very uncomfortable scene. She's like, "Can I? Can I go take my fucking shower?" He walks her to the shower, and she's instantly looking. Okay, mm-hmm. there's a window here. There's a corner here. Like, how can I work my way out? I think she sees blood on. Yeah, there. she does see blood on the corner. On Corner. And she, she tries to she get tries away. She tries to, yeah. No. And nope, definitely not. And then he knocks her out. She wakes up in the surgery room. <laughs> this, like this, I, it's <laughs> fucked up, but it's also, it made me laugh so hard both times. Because he goes, I'm taking your ass, Noah. And she's like half awake on the table. And it's like, no. And he's like, yes. Yes. <laughs> There's a shot of him in her pupil like, that's so good it's scary but also so i'm i'm sorry just him i'm taking your ass and how do you how take do an you, ass i have a lot of questions about how this works i guess he's just taking the ass but like then what happens when she it, sits because it wonder, stretches yeah that that's why the ass is there so it can stretch when you sit do you oh i hear the cat all right okay you, you, you keep talking, keep talking about, about the ass yeah uh I don't know. I wonder if he's just taking like the fatty parts of the butt and not the muscle, because that is the part that would taste the best because it's not getting like worked. You know, that's why, you know, like fatty meat tastes really good. It's not like overly muscular. Come on, Lucy, you gotta make a choice. You wanna be out there? You wanna be in here? Oh my god! Make a choice, Lucy. Come on, come Lucy. On. Just come in. Please come in. Come be on the show. Hi, honey. Or I can take her. There she is. Okay. Okay. Well, then don't ask to come in if you don't want to hang out. Thank you for being patient. Now she wants to leave. Now she wants to leave. (sighs) There she goes. I don't know if the the fatty part is going to taste the best because later he serves boob and it looks gross. Oh, it looks so bad. And I'm just thinking of meat when when it's all fatty. Like, no, that's gross. I don't know. Gressel would know. Gressel would know. He takes her ass. He takes her ass and he's like singing and it's there. The music is so loud and he's reflected in all these mirrors and there's just a lot going on. Oh, yeah, he's singing very poorly. Yeah. I just, God, I have cat hair all over my face now. It's like stuck to my lip gloss. I just, how does she walk around? 
the rest of this movie. I don't know how long she's there for, but she does struggle for the next few scenes. She's crawling a yeah. lot. Uh, we get some nasty shots of bloody panties when she's yeah. going to pee. So, yeah, there's she's having issues. But, yeah, by the end of the movie, she is running around again. And I'm like, that ass healed fine. I don't know. I have too many questions about the logistics of the ass being taken. I'm sure other people who watch this also have the same questions. You should tweet at the writer. Yeah. Be like, what's exactly happening here? Also, I wonder if he regretted it later. I think a hundred. You have to. Taking that ass. Taking that ass. Uh, Molly tries to enlist Paul the bartender for help because they used to hook up and Noah had mentioned that he was the bartender. So she's trying to get Steve's info from him. Eventually he yeah, relents. Yeah, like credit card, like name from a credit card or whatever. And yeah, mm-hmm. at first he doesn't want to because he's like, I'll lose my job, which is fair. fair. <laughs> but yeah, he finally relents and Molly uses that to uh, look up Steve on Facebook. And uh, though he does not have a Facebook account, his wife does, which I'm wondering how he allows that to happen. Again, it's sloppy. Yep. And there's a picture of their family together in front of their house. Uh, and his wife is like, just, just moved house. home. Yeah. So again, not sure if Steve would allow this to happen, but it fuels the very enjoyable Molly investigative plot. So she goes to that house and intelligently does the find my fam type thing, like from Scream to Paul in, in case anything mm-hmm. happens so that he can track the location of her phone before she goes up and confronts the uh, wife of Steve slash Brendan. Yeah, as his name is. very like Rose Byrne looking woman. I could just see Rose Byrne playing a funny version of this woman a funny version yeah 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 yeah. for sure and at this point it's weird because we don't know if the wife knows about Mm -hmm. his weird business like is this a secret because they're in different houses so how hidden is this from her and she's like i don't even know if that's my husband because his picture is of a guy sleeping yeah it's a weird picture and well you know why don't you just go to the police it's like the second time someone has told molly like i just go to the police steve comes home like in the middle of this conversation and introduces himself as brendan mm-hmm. so i guess steve is actually his middle name he's like yeah. brendan steve something something and he's like oh you know i hope you find your friend and molly decides and i it's smart, but also the timing. The timing was Not bad. Great. She should. She could have waited until she got outside to do this. She calls Noah's phone, and it rings in Steve's Steve pocket. Has it. Loved the reaction of him taking it out and being like, "Oh, it's you." Mm-hmm. Very chilling. He said, you shouldn't have done that. And and then Anne the knocks wife, her out. Yep, knocks Molly out. So the wife's in on it. They even later are like, "Good teamwork today." <laughs> yeah, at their separate mirrors in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Noah, uh, apparently Steve has brought her some magazines to to peruse. Yeah. And while she's going through magazines, one of which on the cover, it's like tips for women. It's like smile more to get men to like you. She's flipping <laughs> through it and she finds a note written in one of the pages that says, if you're reading this, it means he likes you. I think it's like, don't give up, keep fighting from like some woman whose name we don't recognize. Sammy, who mm-hmm. she later sees her belongings in his uh, creepy cubby hole. Yeah. And he gives her the magazine that after we hear the scene between her and Penny where we find out that he didn't sleep with the other. So it's like, that's when we realize, oh, maybe he did like her. So he is having some favoritism towards her giving these magazines. And then she gets verification from a message in the magazine from a previous victim who says like, if you're reading this, he likes you. Keep fighting, sending my strength. And and that really makes her decide like, oh, maybe I can get through this. And that's why the next scene that she has with him, she asks 
how's it taste? Yeah. And she, so she starts to like how we said how he knew exactly how to get in uh, with her, like at the grocery store. Now she's turning it around and knows exactly how to get him intrigued and interested in her again. Well, it's kind of that tip that women always get, like how to get a man to like you, be interested in his interests. You know? <laughs> yeah. And so that's what she's doing is she's asking, oh, what does people taste like? It's like when you watch wrestling with me. Exactly. <laughs> so I think Steve's a bit taken aback and he's like, I, you know, I think I think he's, he's surprised mm -hmm. that and he maybe doesn't even know what to do with that for a little bit. And just, she catches him very off guard. There's another scene back at the house where, yeah, it's the it's Steve and his wife in front of separate mirrors. And so she's getting ready for bed. That's when we realize the wife is missing a leg. Mm -hmm. So we take this to mean that she escaped. Was one of his she captives, was yeah. one and she got him to like her and married him and is now in on it, which is an interesting I think it's kind of like a like in okay, so ready or not, we reviewed that. We talked about how the the staff in that movie, there's especially the one guy, the like butler, is yeah. like so insistent on helping them the rich family, even though it's like, dude, like you're why like why are you helping them? You're not one of them. You're one of the poors. And it's a similar thing here where it's like she is part of the quote unquote system now. Or at least benefiting from it. Right. As is. Yeah. Yeah. And and it, it just reminds me of how our, like a Phyllis Schlafly, right, is someone I think of like conservative activist Phyllis Schlafly who was very like anti-feminist and very much like about the traditional role of the woman in the household. And she is someone I think of and something you know, someone like this character where you might think that by thinking that way or acting that way, you know, you get the men around you to like you, to even promote you to certain places of power, like she was able to become his wife and not one of his victims anymore. But she's still always gonna be his victim. Like he took her leg. It's like, you might think that by buying into it or that by working with it, you make yourself immune to it or that you're not uh, affected by it, but you are. I like the cut from her prosthetic leg to his legs running down mm -hmm. the street just showing that he is whole of body and like running real fast. Like that is not a jog, just the contrast. Yeah. They're, they're both ostensibly on the same level in this situation, but right. obviously they are not because he has both his legs and she yeah. does not because of him. He's literally feeding on women and is energized. You know, he's like, when you see him running, he's burning calories that he has gained through eating <laughs> women. And they're literally making him what he is. Kind yeah, of they're thing. fueling it's, him. They're yeah. fueling him. It's so fucked. So they have, uh, he has dinner with Noah and makes her a little human meatball on yeah. spaghetti. That's when he tells her the whole story about how he got into this business, how he got into this trade. Yeah, he tried eating human when he was 19 and then he found <laughs> other people who like eating people. And I wrote his quote down here because this is what I was talking about earlier where it's like the, oh God, like fucking, <laughs> what a jerk. <laughs> just, just jerking off while he's telling this story where he goes, it's about giving, giving yourself over to somebody become one with somebody else forever. That's a beautiful thing. That's surrender. That's love. Dude, you eat people. Yeah. It's like, all right, <laughs> cool, dude. You just eat people. You chain women up in your house and eat them. It's like, 
<laughs> Get over yourself. He says his clients are the 1% of the 1%, mm-hmm. that there's nothing they can't afford. They just want, you know, what they can't have, which is uh, women specifically, yep. he says. The market, it's all women. Yep, and they taste better, but probably don't taste they any different. Taste different. It's just uh, probably a power thing there. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, this is the first of two dinners that they have together where, where her acting is just so good because her character is just trying to be charming so that she can win his favor but underneath that she's terrified the way that her acting works so well with the camera of when she's looking around at everything and all the things that she might be able to use the knives and the edges and the tools and everything it's just it's just so good and this is when that radiohead cover is going on in the background it's just, i love it yeah so much yeah me too he says this meal it's about $30,000. Yeah. That's a lot, especially since it's a meatball. It's not... It's a there's a like, meatball. It's meatball. Like, a meatball is like meat, but there's other stuff in it, you know? I it's think ground up. Yeah, I was saying like... Just straight up like human meat. Like just, a steak. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta be real expensive. Mm-hmm. I bet the closer it is to resembling a human still, the yeah. more expensive that's gonna be. And he says, you know how I knew you were special? Because you're fucked up too. <laughs> And then she, uh, as soon as she gets put back in her cell, she throws up, understandably. Yes, gets rid of all that. Doesn't want to eat it. Uh, Steve puts Molly in a cell. Yep, so Melissa's gone now, I guess. I don't Mm. know if it was confirmed that there's only room for three women, but... I think that there's three. Okay. I... But they say, like, that didn't sound like Melissa. Yeah. Sounds like a new person. So, why would... Yeah. Right. And uh, it's it's Molly, and he's taking her to the the operating room, and we learn later it's to take her boobs, her breast meat, yeah, for another dinner with Noah. I like the scenes that we see of his wife Anne getting texts from him about like, oh, I have to stay late, and you can tell she's suspecting something because she was able to get him to fall in love with her. I'm sure she knows the possibility is there for that to happen dude, again. her fucking replacement, dude. I just realized, I bet she's thinking like, if this happens, I'm just getting thrown back in there. Yeah. If I get replaced. And again, that's what I mean is like, you're, as, if, as much as if you're a woman who thinks like, I'm beyond this, uh, this subordination. And if I work with it, then I can, you know, become removed from it. But no, you're just gonna get thrown back into this, fucking dungeon mm-hmm. when the men who you think are you know on your side just stop giving a shit about you you know for the second date that's when he brings her a dress and says maybe you can freshen up uh, yeah here's a dress for you to wear i think you'll look nice in it he you does know? the the classic i tweeted about this <laughs> trope and I, I want this has to have a tv tropes page and if oh, it doesn't sure. that's a huge oversight but the they don't have the man specifically it's always like a man giving a woman a dress and being like wear this to join me for dinner and I someone asked, point out beauty and the beast Beauty and the beast <laughs> uh pretty woman i think does it legend a lot of uh, parts of the Caribbean is the one I remembered with mm. Elizabeth and in the first movie, but yeah, God, this dress is awful. Uh, it's it's pink. That's what she says. She goes, it's pink. Yeah. I think it's so funny that he, like, this is such a dress that this guy would have picked out, not really knowing about fashion or caring that much, but just looking at it and thinking, it's pink and has a bow. Yeah. Women like this. Yeah. And picking that's it That's lady out. stuff. It's, it's lady <laughs> stuff. She's about this size. Yeah, I'll go for this. Yeah. It's and awful. It's really bad. I like that he doesn't think to get her shoes because she just puts on, like, these nasty looking converse. <laughs> He also doesn't think to handcuff her or bind her in any way because he's just so fucking he's smitten so with her. He's so enamored, yeah. Oh, he's she's sh- she's practicing smiling for him too. Oh, yeah, that's together. right. 
Yeah. He is showing her his little, yeah, his creeper cubby hole where he keeps all the belongings of the women he kidnaps. And she notices Molly's phone, which mm -hmm. you made a good point of uh, yes. why we recognize it. I love this little bit of, I don't know if this would have been a props department thing, like a set deck thing. Uh, so Molly's phone, we see it earlier on Molly's desk at work when she picks it up and I love that the cover, there's still cat hair all over my face. <laughs> the cover of her phone has like this drawing of a person on it. It's like a, it's like a woman with like a red mask or it something. It looks like the Remain in Light album cover. It Talking does heads. a little bit. That's yeah. what I thought of. I was like, It kind of does. <laughs> and I love so much that it is a person's face because as humans, we are like program, like our brains recognize people like it's why people find uh images of jesus in toast or, or in like the wall yeah we have like it's but i hate that i had covered up but in the new wood paneling on the set there's like a face on it <laughs> and i love it and i'm sad that it's like hidden though but the fact that you are supposed to notice her phone later i love that it's a human face because your brain just clocks it and it's mm -hmm. so noticeable and so when you see it later you remember that that's her phone i just think it's it's clever set decoration that's like relying on human psychology to enforce a plot point yeah cool. and then after she sees that phone cover then that's another layer that she has to act and it's yeah. it's everything from before but also now knowing that her best friend is there somewhere yeah. and in danger because of her there's a lot going on here this dinner scene is so good and it's where i think i was the most impressed by her acting yes she there's a lot one it's just the she's on a, a bad date essentially where mm -hmm. it's just making weird small talk she's <laughs> making jokes making to jokes, make him laugh puns. he saved the breast for last yeah he loves that oh yeah he loves that she can apparently get over all of this and still find him attractive mm -hmm. you know and that must so make his that. ego go insane because mm -hmm. he's just like i think one of the first thing he says to her is stop being so dramatic after he ties her up mm -hmm. like he just wants this to be he wants her to be able to handle it he wants her to be a cool girl yeah you know, exactly he, for sure that's that's what i mean by the like the pick me girl where it's mm -hmm. like no i think what you're doing is great and i'm here along for the ride and you're so smart and handsome and this is really cool and fun i love all your interests you know? <laughs> yeah and i think he also this is where i think he differs from patrick bateman because patrick bateman feels nothing patrick bateman is like yes. a shark of a human and mm -hmm. just it has no emotion no love no anything he says so in a lot of his monologues like he just is a husk of a person whereas this character i think feels things as much as he can. Uh, he cares about people to an extent. He has romantic feelings for people. He, I think also part of the reason he tells her stop being so dramatic is he at a certain level knows what he likes is wrong. And he knows that eating people is wrong. <laughs> I He likes it and it's his thing. And I think he just wants everyone around him to reinforce that. And when you have a woman, especially judging you, it's really gonna harsh your mellow. <laughs> but I think he loves having this this woman that he's into around him, reinforcing like, no, this is fine. You don't need to feel guilty. Yeah. You don't need to feel bad. And that's why she cries. And you don't know if that's legit or an act. It could be both. It could be her crying and legitimately then, and then parlaying that yeah, into and then, 
<laughs> yeah. a line about how she feels guilty that she doesn't feel guilty. I don't believe that for a second. Yeah. I, I think that Noah, the character, does feel guilty. We saw her throwing up the meat. Yeah. And I think she maybe understands that too about he. I think she I think she really gets that he desires to, to not feel guilty. And I yeah. think she picks up on that and then uses that as like, a, I feel so bad that I don't feel guilty, giving him permission to not, and knowing that he's going to feel such a powerful way about that like oh this is i this is the person i need yeah. to and reinforce the the desires i have in a way that doesn't make me feel bad and yeah so she's like she's disgusted with herself she's disgusted with him she's play acting to survive a shitty date she's play acting to actually survive uh this this situation she's play acting to probably you know planning uh like what she's gonna do to get out of here and how she's now gonna go rescue the two other girls that are here i do think she would have done that anyway mm -hmm. um at least gone back for penny for penny yeah but, for sure but she she knows exactly how to push all his buttons kind of like he did in the first half of the movie and this is like just desserts a little bit and just like he played the long game with her she's playing the long game with him i love how long it goes on where you're like when's she gonna do something i thought the first time through when he's like oh look i forgot to handcuff you and she's like yeah, yeah i guess you did yeah. it's like yeah is, is this it no now they're fucking dancing together what like well think it you just made me realize this is such a good mirror of the first part of the movie because the same moment where in the first half he's she goes can i get you something to eat or drink and he goes no just you and you think for a moment oh my god is he gonna but mm. they dance mm -hmm. instead they do and dance. it's the same thing here where you think oh this is it but they dance and it's like this drawn out thing yeah it's such a good dance. reflection of the first part yeah. of the movie so good love this uh i i count this as a dance third act climax <laughs> okay i love me some dance as movie climax like i think in, i told you i think this is going around the the old talk we gotta do this dance the, on tiktok yeah yeah i noticed she she has to do more as is usually the case with the woman in the dance mm -hmm. so i think i can handle the the more simplified male version that he's doing yeah she's yeah doing a lot with her hands mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and lack of ass <laughs> there's no ass he's gotta be regretting that right now no because she I takes know. him to bed yeah and, and oh she's got like go to the bathroom and freshen up and he at unlike earlier where he was like i will escort you to the shower and bathroom this he's got his guards down he's mm -hmm. about to get his dick sucked. <laughs> yeah so he lets her go to the bathroom where she grabs some toothpaste and then god it's so it's you know it's obvious but it's it's so perfect it's perfect i don't care if it's dick. A... i don't know if she bites his dick off the wikipedia was specific about her biting off his testicles Ooh. i don't know if she just took a bite and didn't amputate anything but whatever, it's I so thematically appropriate. The dick coming off. If that had been the case, I kind of want to see a shot of that dick on the floor. But actually, for oh, as... like in teeth. Yeah. Where she Ooh. like she like queefs out the <laughs> dick on the floor. But like for as dark and as kind of graphic as this movie is, most of the violence is done in very quick cuts. Yeah, and it's weird because then there's the scenes of him like prepping meat, which is gross. But it's like. It's it's meat. It's it's, right. dis, it's detached right, meat. Right, yeah. Right, yeah. The most graphic thing happens at the end when she kills him. It's just yeah, a full on, and sure. you're just fucking thrilled about it. 
Yeah, so she bites his. I choose to believe she she bit his dick off because also it's just the idea of like her removing something from him is yeah, good too. Exactly, it, it's so appropriate that she gets she back at him and up. turns the tables by eating his flesh. Yeah, you know, and then she yeah. There's a great shot of her like coming at the camera mm-hmm. with toothpaste toothpaste in her hands, blinding him temporarily. What's in his eyes? I then, wrote good for her. Um, <laughs> she goes back for the others. We got women saving each other. Great. I wrote women saving women. Women yep. getting it done. Uh, uh, yeah, they're fighting in the kitchen when he catches up with them. And this is a scene where is they they get him down, and I'm just like, kill him. fucking kill him. It is one of my issues with this. It's like they... they there are they, a couple they, of scenes of them like... They gotta just kill him. Just gotta just, fucking kill him. You got him. Like, let's... The fucking tenderizer's right there. Just I one know. more to the head, you know? I do like that this fight scene, there's no music. At first. And at first, it yeah. It comes in later, but... then but. the editing and sound is so like the sound design when you realize there's no music there has to be something filling all that space and mm-hmm. all the the foley and sound is really really nice and there's more biting oh yeah when we finally see penny this is another thing she's just missing one leg and she, it sounds like she's been there she's for a like long a time bandage around her head i just feel yeah she should be like a li- just a little more fucked up yeah like i was half expecting like a johnny got his gun situation but oh, i'm glad that it's not that bad because that would be really dark but in any case i expected her to be more beat up than just a single leg half missing yeah because it sounded like she had been there a long time being slowly eaten but whatever uh, it's again. It's nice that it's not too dark because Penny gets saved, and so does Molly and Noah. They they all make it by saving each other, which is nice. And they're all collaborating in this fight against him. She's crawling over, biting her, stabbing mm. him, biting him. Molly's kicking him. Yeah, it, it's good stuff. Uh, Paul's on the way. Oh yeah, remember Paul? Paul? Yeah, remember Paul? Because he did notice that Molly's phone was up in like the Ozarks or whatever the fucking yeah, forest, he is. and yeah. he like drives up there. I love that the captions say reggae music playing. That is not reggae. Not but he gets there. And as soon as he gets out of the car, that's when Steve is finally find like gets a gun and is ch- coming face after them. His is all fucked up, and, and he's waving this gun around and shooting, and he's yelling, "You pussy ass fucking bitches!" And I love it. And then Paul's like, "Bye." He gets yep. Back Paul in the gets car in his car and because leaves. We don't survive this movie. Yeah, you've seen this movie. You don't survive, and that's the end of Paul. And like, it's, I love it. It's it's funny. It. Kind of paints Paul in a bad light, I guess. But, like, this movie can't have a guy come save the no. day. It can't. And it's also making the point that, like, it's the importance of women looking out for each other. Because sometimes mm-hmm. you can't trust that men around you will do the right thing. Or men off will, like, turn the other way because it's easier to just pretend something isn't happening. Sure, yeah. When it doesn't affect Because, yeah, he personally. hears gunshots and I'm going to kill you bitches. And, and like, to be fair... Yeah, like fair. It'd be, it's fair to see Sebastian Stan running out with the gun, and it's like, all right, I don't know. I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna uh, get someone who's maybe more capable of handling this than than me personally. But I think just metaphorically, it's that idea of like being on your own mm-hmm. so often in situations like this. There's chasing and whatnot through the trees and the woods a little bit, and uh, I don't know all the beats of the fight. But eventually, she gets the upper hand with the gun. Yep, she shoots him in the head. She says, give me a smile. Give me a smile. And he, he does, and then she fucking shoots him in the head. That's, it's yeah. brutal and cathartic. Yeah, that's when the wife shows up with the driver who just disappears, disappears into from the, the movie. mist. I don't yeah. know where that guy goes. I don't know what goes. happened with that guy. That know. guy just is like, oh, I guess I'm not getting paid anymore and walks into the woods. <laughs> yeah, but uh, the wife finds 
the body because the women have gone off and the wife finds uh, Steve's body yes. and he's like, this get is, it on ice. This is an interesting moment where you're wondering, okay, now how is she going to react? Is, is she, she happy free? because yeah. she's free or is she so in on it? I think that her lifestyle depends on this I income, yep. which is why she's like, get his body on ice. We'll just use this meat and sell it and keep this thing going and I guess I'll be the one in charge. Now I don't have to worry about him doing all this. Mm -hmm. uh, hilarious fake acting when she comes across Noah who comes back for her phone and oh my, the oh wife- Oh my God, you killed him, we're free. Oh, you we're did so it. Good. And it's like, who is this very well-dressed, like perfect hair make it's so funny With, full body like no bandages yeah wasn't here this entire time and then all of a sudden it's like oh my gosh you did it thank god he's finally dead we're free this and then so just immediately funny. goes to choke noah yeah uh she to me is like the again because of the way her her character functions as like allegory i guess she's like the she's a reminder that you can't always count on other women either where it's like yes the the point of paul turning around and then just, you know, leaving mm -hmm. is sometimes you just have to, like, you know, women have to look out for themselves and other women, but also there are, women aren't a monolith and there's bad women. And that's what and Molly says when she comes by to save Noah. She's like, women like you are the problem, she says. Right, as yeah. she gets, And I love that Noah is the one who gets to kill Steve and Molly is the one who ultimately kills the wife, Anne because earlier she was the one who got betrayed by Anne after mm -hmm. going to her for help and asking like, woman to woman, can you please help me? And getting locked yeah. out by her. And also she's kind of like the, I think there's this there's this idea that I find <laughs> very sexist where it's like, well, if women get opportunities to be in power, things wouldn't be as bad. But I think this character is the illustration of the idea that like, no, you, you'll just end up with just as evil women in charge pretty much if those opportunities exist because women are people also mm -hmm. you know what i mean oh so that's when molly just wrecks this woman with a shovel oh yeah it's with a shovel it's so brutal mm -hmm. and then noah goes who the hell yeah she didn't even know her and molly goes steve's wife and noah just what <laughs> he's married was married was married <laughs> And that's when they say, love you, love you more. And it's cute. And we got, yeah, 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 playing us out. Fuck yeah. Credits. Hell yeah, Karen O. We get a text from Chad asking if you up. Apparently there's a mid-credit scene yeah, that we, missed we did not see either time we watched of just some of uh, Steve's clients eating. Maybe they're eating. No, wouldn't be him. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe a previous delivery. Maybe something. they are eating him. I don't know. We didn't see the mid-credits scene. Yeah. How, I don't know how we missed that boat. And I did notice uh, that the end of the credits has a In Memory of Bill Terazakis, a very talented makeup artist who I've mentioned on the Kill Count before who passed away in 2021. So yeah. I don't know what his connection to the movie was or maybe if the makeup artist for this movie studied under him or whatever, but yeah. it was nice to see. That's fresh. I like this movie. I like it even more discussing it and realizing how many cool things there are that like just really thoughtful things place throughout this script both like within the script and then visually too that's like this is a very it's just really good it's a solid movie very solid and i hope that we see more from mimi cave the director would love to see more like good stuff man yeah good stuff definitely check it out it's on hulu like we said and uh yeah early contender for solid horror. like we're already off to a great start with horror this year with scream this x mm -hmm. uh Good stuff, man. We yeah. got more coming too. All right. 
Next, a week from today is when an American Psycho kill count comes out. It's a week from today? Of when this comes oh out. Oh my God, when this comes out. Like, not right now as we're filming. Jesus. No, we'd be fucked. We'd be so <laughs> fucked. Okay. No, from when they're seeing this and listening to this, assuming it's the first day, a week from it is the American Psycho kill count. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's I'm, such a good script. It's very good. Thank you. Oh yeah, that's the first script from a uh, new hire at Dead Meat, Tim Choi. God, thank you, Tim. Tim wrote it. I did a pass. Chels did a pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it, you'll, it's the first time that you'll have a collaborative kill count script. Yeah, it is really collaborative. It's very fun, yeah. So I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else we got? Can't think of any up, urgent upcoming anything. Uh, we'll have some super cuts for you since it's uh, the, the year anniversary of Dead Meat. Every new year we get some like to the numbers super cut. The, you're in a lot of these to the numbers from this past year. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm like, the I've been in so many Sub-Zero little bits. and the, uh, uh, you were the zombie in Dawn of the Dead with yeah. the gun. You were in Hellraiser, Hellraiser when you were all bandaged up. You did not like that. Oh, that's, I hated that. <laughs> yeah. I hated it. It just was so tight and it was like really, I mean, it was like medical bandages and it was so like not flexible. No. It felt bad to be in. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't breathe very good. Never again. <laughs> oh, you juggle? The, oh the yeah, I juggle. You're yeah. in it a lot. It's great. Yeah. yeah. And uh, what's your favorite scary movie? We'll be coming back this month Oh too. man, that's going to be. With the AEW guys, wrestlers. Guys, you don't even know. So many cool wrestlers. I'm very jealous. So yeah, fun stuff. Fun stuff on the channel, man. But yeah, I guess until next week, thank you all for watching uh, social media. Oh yeah, Dead Meat James on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And I'm at Carebeck, C-R-E-B-E-C, did I say that? C-A-R-E-B-E-C-C on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want merch, deadmeatstore.com. And email deadmeatpod at gmail.com just to tell Chelsea she's doing great. Yeah. And that that rainbow shirt looks real cute on her. Thank you. But don't be weird about it. Don't be weird. Don't Again, I can't respond to most emails anymore. There's too many of them. But sure. I appreciate your emails anyway. I like seeing them. So until next time, I'm James. I'm Chelsea. And this has been the Dead Meat Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>